Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Summer is here, uh, and the time is right for dancing in the street. Or I think that's how the song went. If you want to dance in the street, go ahead. I mean, knock yourself out. Uh, if the weather is cooperative, I know in some parts of the country there's rain and hail and things like that, but hope you're having a wonderful first day of summer. I think it was, it was actually yesterday late in the evening, or I was just picked it as the 21st. It's kind of the dates when the, you know, first day of Christmas, December 20, or first day of winter, December 21st, and spring is March 20. That's how I do it. So anyway, that's what it is. But today's Everyone Wednesday, and boy, you want to talk about the signs of the times and seeing what happens in the culture when people either pay attention to the signs of the times or don't pay attention to the signs of the times. This is something that in God's economy, it happens on a regular basis. And it's amazing to me how many people don't pay attention to what is going on in the world around them until it's too late. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, what happened? I don't get it. I, 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 and <laughs> they don't really pay attention. Um, you know, Jesus was very clear to the Pharisees. He was kind of tough on them because he believed that they were trying to kind of legal their way into a saving faith with God. And he was right there and said, look, you've been talking about prophecies about me for, you know, generations and I'm here and you're not paying attention. But why is it that so many people do such a bad job with biblical prophecy? We don't understand. We don't understand where the role of America, for example, or the Western church in the end times. We've got these ideas based on movies or TV shows or things that we grew up watching, but we don't really know. Well, maybe, just maybe, part of the reason why we don't know is because we aren't, we're not doing a very good job of educating ourselves or our kids. Um, you know, it's amazing how something like this will really just shake things down in the story we're about to share is prayers needed for people who are going through a really challenging time simply because of a lack of leadership. Um, the Something that happened uh, over the course of about you know 20 years or so that has really just, it's amazing. Um, it is really amazing to see how this has, um, you know, turned into a bunch of finger pointing and name calling. And it is a little frightening to think that this is just one school where this happened. And it's not just a school. It is a, it's a seminary. Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, Dallas, Texas. I believe this is the school where our friend Dr. Robert Oscar Lopez was teaching and then he wasn't. Um, this is the guy who, um, well, this is the school anyway, where the former president of the school, a guy called Al Adam Greenway, wound up taking over. He ran as the president of the seminary from February 2019 to September 2020. He was fired. Well, he was forced into resignation. His predecessor was a guy called Paige Patterson, who ran the school prior to that. And it's very interesting to see what happens to uh, ministries. I, I have it on good authority from a couple of people who work in rather higher up ministries, not that are part of Crawford or Bottom Line Show affiliates, but they're names that if I mentioned them, you would know, that are so beholden to, you know, we've got this desire for ministry 
And at the same time, but we like Western values too. Owning big buildings and big parcels of land. They've got, you know, transportation situations where there's planes and helicopters and all that stuff. And it's all couched under the guise of, but ministry, right? Don't you, I mean, if our speaker needs to get from here to Africa, we can't charter a plane. We can't fly commercial. We need to be able to get up and go right now. And that's why we need that plane. I mean, who was the guy? Creflo Dollar, I think was his name, who said, I need $54 million for a jet to do God's work. And of course, we immediately think, well, what about that guy on Skid Row who's handing out, you know, uh, dollar bills and school lunches and things like that? They don't need $54 million for a jet. But when you hear what has happened at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in two presidencies over two decades, when um, their outgoing president last year, Adam Greenway, was fired, well, forced into firing, uh, it's at the Southwestern Seminary and the Scarborough College. Uh, he served as the president, was also a professor of evangelism and apologetics. But apparently the spending at that school was so dramatic that now they're looking at a massive deficit. And I'm not sure how you recover from this one. Former Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary President Adam Greenway spent $1.5 million not on a home while he was the president of the seminary, but on home furnishings and renovations for his home. Yeah, you know, the reno programs for renovations. And he wasn't trying to flip this place either. 1.5 million. This happened, remember, this is between 2019 and 2022. And at the time, the school already knew they were in bad shape financially. As a matter of fact, the reason he was brought in is because his predecessor, Paige Patterson, had basically run the school in the ground. Over the course of three years, just under $1.5 million, this is in a audit that was done, Greenway, apparently, they found numerous examples of improper expenses charged to the seminary by Greenway himself or individuals whom he authorized to use a seminary credit card in violation of seminary policy. $1.5 million on, quote, renovations, furnishings, and other related expenses to his home. Other expenses included nearly $60,000 on Christmas decorations, $25,000 for art, an $11,000 espresso machine, and $180,000 to have the air conditioning fixed. Um, when the Southern Baptist Convention held their annual convention last fall in uh, Anaheim, or maybe it was last summer, uh, the Greenway family flew first class. It was the family and an unnamed friend. Their airfare to fly first class $9,936.05. Um, apparently, the former president also spent $4,850 for framing personal diplomas and a $920 charge for a metal University of Florida Gator head decoration. And it's not that he went there, apparently... Um, University of Florida was one of Dr. Greenway's favorite college athletic programs. When he resigned in September of last year, basically under duress, he said in a statement that the school and the Southern Baptist Convention were facing, quote, 
challenging times. What we failed to appreciate was the enormity of the reputational, legal, and financial realities that would welcome us to the Dome, only to be compounded by a global pandemic unlike anything we've ever experienced before. We have done our best to serve Southern Baptists by helping position our seminary for the future, but much, much work remains to be. Unbelievable. This guy was literally the fox robbing the hen house and then has the audacity to leave and say, we're in a better place. Uh, David Dockery, who is the uh, uh, seminary's new president, uh, O.S. Hawkins, Dr. O.S. Hawkins, retired pastor, bottom line show regular contributor, has now been named the chancellor of Southwestern Bible uh, Theological Seminary, Baptist Theological Seminary. The board enthusiastically supports President Dockery and Chancellor Hawkins as they will lead Southwest Seminary. Um, basically, what happened was the, the fiduciary responsibility thing had gotten so out of control. And the team that was in charge of focusing on this had no idea to implement any kind of financial safeguards. There's no indication as to how bad things were before uh, Pat President Greenway took over. But basically what they're saying now, now hang on to your hat, is that South, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary is $140 million in debt. And they've piled up that $140 million in debt in 20 years. And they did so under the guise of saying, we are training young men and women for the ministry. This is the great, I'm just appalled. I'm absolutely appalled that something like this got out of control. I mean, seriously, brothers and sisters, do you know what time it is? You're saying, sure, Roger, it's 10 after three or 10 after four, depending on what, that's not what I'm saying. Do we know what time it is in the world right now? Does it feel as though the wrath of God is just this close to coming here? I mean, we feel the enemy. There's no question. The, the challenges that are happening in the world right now as it pertains to people in the church, uh, everyone's feeling those. If you aren't feeling them, you're not in the battle. I was watching a video from Chip Ingram, who's a regular contributor to our program, uh, has been for many years. Chip was preaching a sermon a couple weeks ago, and I think I picked it up on YouTube. And he said, you know, I get so many emails and so many texts from people saying, wow, I'm just really feeling the heat and this is so hard and this is so difficult and this is so challenging. And my response is always, really? You're surprised that in a sinful fallen world run by sinful fallen people where sin is the order of the day that anybody, even somebody who's been washed in the blood of the lamb is experiencing sin, is experiencing pain, is, ex I mean, come on. But it's really interesting to see how so much of this is pinpointing on the U.S., isn't it? I mean, the pandemic, we had more deaths in the U.S. that were COVID-related than anywhere else in the world, even though we have the best system of health and healthcare prevention and healthcare providing in the world. So why is it that politically we're seeing the challenges, the White House all adorned in pride flags? Why is it? that there are medical and financial challenges happening here that seemingly aren't impacting other places. What in the world is happening to America? Well, on the other side of this break, Richard Pearson and I are gonna get into it and have a conversation about that. Richard is the founder of Prophecy USA. This is a guy who, with a Canadian bent, takes a look at what's happening in the Western world, especially as it pertains to the US, and has identified 
some things, some biblical prophecies about America that are coming true or have been fulfilled already. And there's one more he's uncovered. He writes about it in his brand new book called The Coming Exodus, Unveiling America's Future. Would you like to know what is going on in the world and how Richard says he can pinpoint exactly the very day this all came into being? I'll give you a hint. You think the presidential election was funny for legal reasons and things like that? Well, maybe there was more to it. Richard and I are going to get into that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. One of the biggest mysteries American Christians especially have been dealing with over the years is the fact that we want to be a part of God's will. We want it. We look for the end times. We anticipate the Lord's return with great eagerness. And yet we've been told, well, there's really no America in the Bible. So we just kind of have to watch other countries. We have to watch other political leaders, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what if you were to find out that not only is America happening in, in the Bible, America plays a huge role, but also America has a future that's unfolding even right now. Joining me today here on The Bottom Line is a guy I've gotten to know over the past couple of years named Rick Pearson. Richard Pearson spent 36 years research and writing. He's now hosting Prophecy USA, which is a program that's heard over 150 stations across the USA and Canada. And he shows us the number of prophecies about America that have been fulfilled already from Scripture and has a brand new book out called The Coming Exodus, unveiling america's future richard pearson welcome back to the bottom line show thank you so much roger it's a pleasure to be here since the last time you and i spent time together which i believe was in nashville in 2022 national religious yes. broadcasters convention first time we got a chance to shake hands and you know in this zoom video world you know where you're in your yes. studio i'm in mine it was so nice to actually spend time with you and your wife um i remember the excitement that you had when you were telling me, hey, it's getting, it's going to get even better, but it's also going to get seemingly a lot worse too. This brand new book has just been out this year, The Coming Exodus. And not, we don't always think of America as being involved in an exodus, do we? I mean, I think many of us are just thrilled to find out we're in biblical prophecy. What are you referring to? I mean, you described this as kind of a two by four that's going to whap America right upside the head. Okay. The, the exodus, when you say the exodus among many Christians, immediately they think of Moses. Exactly. And the exodus of Egypt, uh, the, the Israelites being delivered out of Egypt. Well, there's another exodus in the Bible 
not from one nation to another, but from one spiritual dimension into another. It's called the rapture. And when you look at what Moses went through, for 400 years, the children of Israel were in Israel, or the children of Israel were in Egypt under bondage. But at the 400-year period, something happened. It was a period, a divine period of time where God's hand would move and he would deliver those who were in bondage, but he would also judge those who were judging his people. And there's a latter-day nation in Scripture called Babylon the Great, and there's an exodus that takes place out of her, exactly like in Egypt. And right now, the United States of America, on November 3rd of 2020, was a 400-year period since the Mayflower Compact, when they made a covenant, those pilgrims made a covenant, and they dedicated the land to the carrying out of the gospel. 400 yep. years later, there was a transition took place, mm -hmm. a transition where a nation was raised up to send out the gospel, but now something has happened. There's been a shift. The covenant nation of, of Babylon the Great, it says in Jeremiah 51, 7, that she is a golden cup in the hand of the Lord, raised up by God. But something happens, she falls into darkness. And that 400-year period, since the election of 2020, we have seen not blessings come upon the land, but now we're watching curses come upon the land yeah, based yeah. on the Mosaic Covenant in Deuteronomy 28, you know, if you do this, I'll bless you. If you obey my voice, right. this will happen. If you disobey my voice, you cross over from Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 into 15, and we have from 15 to 64, we have multiple warnings. If you do not obey my voice, this will happen. This is what's happening right now in the United States of America. We have entered into a period where God is beginning to judge. Now, in that judgment, he says, come out of her, my people, be not partaker of her sins. Right. So this is what's happening right now when people say they can't understand what in the world is happening. Mm -hmm. We've got answers in our book that will point you to the Bible, and you can find out what in the word is happening mm. in the United States of America. I love that phrase. Rick Pearson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. His brand new book is called The Coming Exodus, Unveiling America's Future. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I did not make the connection, Rick, until I saw your book of the, the Mayflower Compact, the 400 years. And God is so specific, is he not? That time, times, and time, half a time or whatever type of language that is used often. For a God who is vast and eternal and infinite, um, at the same time, to be so precise down to the day, down to the hour, down to the minute. Exactly. For, and for us to see that on that 400-year anniversary just happened to be November the 3rd, 2020, just happened to be the day of a United States presidential election. And it just happened to be a day. I mean, let's let's uh, let's talk about where this isn't going as far as the prophecy goes. 
This isn't a matter of saying, well, all we had to do was elect Donald Trump and we wouldn't be in this problem, but rather to say there was a shift here. And rather than raising the golden cup of, of victory and blessing, God is now pouring out Torah obedience. Basically, you obey God, you're blessed. You disobey God, you're cursed. I mean, it, did I get that synopsis of that summary uh, as accurately that as is, I can? That is the whole Deuteronomy covenant in 28 for a nation. If you follow my word, we know, Roger, that God is a good God. Yes. We know that he wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. I, I came out of Oral Roberts University, which Oral Roberts was the father of the prosperity message. Right. Now, some people have taken that message, and it's been a little bit unbalanced. Some people have taken it, I think, a little too far. But the bottom line is this. God wants to bless his children. He wants us to walk in his covering. But if you decide, for example, if you're in marriage and you're in a covenant with a wife and you decide you're going to have some extracurricular activities, I'm telling you right now, you open a hedge for the destruction of that marriage. Exactly. And this this is what happens to America. Her covenant with God, she breaks, she's breaking covenant right now with all of the LGBT agenda that's happening, um, with the drugs that are pouring into the land, and the walls have come down on the southern border. These are all curses that happen when you do not obey my voice. Mm -hmm. So we see now there is a remnant inside of America who are raising up a shout. They're raising up a shout and saying, don't go this way. We've got to stop this. But there's another group, and they want darkness. So mm -hmm. the battle is on for the soul of the nation. But according to Scripture, God has already pronounced what's going to happen in Babylon the Great. And basically what happens is she provokes him to judgment. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody says, well, what, what do you mean provokes him to judgment? Well, when you sacrifice 65 million children mm. to the God of Moloch, the, the Bible says in Numbers that the land is defiled. And we've, you give him no choice. He is a just God. You, we must reap what we've sown. But if you apply the blood of Jesus on your life, you can be redeemed from the curse but the nation still receives judgment, but you, we might receive the greatest blessing of any generation, and that is when God judges Babylon, the bride comes out just like the exodus at the children of Israel. The judgment came down on the people that were judging the Israelites, and the Israelites came out. And that was the 400-year time period that I'm talking about right now. No one knows the day or the hour when Jesus comes. But Paul said, you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was talking about the rapture of the church will come in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Exactly, exactly. And God did not take the fire away. 
God protected them from the flame. And I think that's a such an interesting point, a fascinating uh, insight that Richard Pearson has provided for us and does so in his brand new book. Rick Pearson, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called The Coming Exodus, Unveiling, Unveiling America's Future. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Man, isn't Richard Pearson from Prophecy USA good? If you didn't catch the first segment of the conversation with Richard, remember the entire interview is up at thebottomlineshow.com for the audio. We've got portions of the video at uh, myhopenow.com. We had a problem when we were recording the video with Richard. Uh, this is a pre-recorded interview. Uh, when we were recording the, uh, the, the issue, and I know there was some spiritual warfare at play. But uh, God prevailed on the audio, and this book, The Coming Exodus, is the perfect book. Not only to be talking about today, start of summer, start of a new season in this culture, but also it's Everyone Wednesday, and we got three copies of the book to give away. <laughs> Such a deal. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, three copies to give away today of Rick Pearson's book, The Coming Exodus, unveiling america's future 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line and remember if you call and we've already given away the richard pearson books it's everyone wednesday so everybody's going to win something we still have some uh, wonderful devotionals from dr david jeremiah we've got materials from uh dr jeremy mcgarity at skyline church and more all waiting for you. So everyone's going to get something. Give Crystal a call. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line. By the way, when it comes to the video applications here of what we're doing, Rick Pearson is also the host of Prophecy USA, which is a podcast, video podcast that airs on hundreds of stations and, and online all throughout the country. And we did record this, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Uh, Rick has his part of it up and running, and you'll be able to see the two of us on the Prophecy USA conversation as well. So if you don't get a chance to see the whole video on our end, you can check it out on the Prophecy USA end. And I'd be honored if you would, uh, you know, give us a couple of thumbs up for that uh, conversation. More of the coming exodus and unveiling America's future with Richard Pearson of Prophecy USA. It's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Richard Pearson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. His brand new book is called The Coming Exodus, Unveiling America's Future. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Rick is the host of Prophecy USA, uh, which is a program that airs over, on over 150 stations across the U.S. and Canada. He's in the Prophecy USA studio right now. And if you are listening to the program on terrestrial radio, you can't see what a handsome guy this is. But if you are watching on myhopenow.com, Rick, you got a great setup there. And I love... I love having this face to face. We've done tele, uh, we've done uh, telephone together, we've done in person together, and now doing studio to studio. It's exciting, and I'm grateful. I mean, I mean this most sincerely that we could still have this conversation without some kind of government interference. Because what you write about in the coming Exodus is the Great Babylon. That's where I've lived my entire life. It turns out, and uh, November third, twenty twenty, God's judgment really began to heat up over America. And yet, you are quick to point out that and have in your previous writings that we've had you on the bottom line show for the fact that uh the, the, this idea that america isn't in the end times isn't in scripture is is a, is a false narrative and the fact that there are it's what, a totally 
Yeah. Talk, talk totally about the number, for those who are not familiar with that, talk about the number of prophecies there are, and then let's get back into this Babylon issue, this new great Babylon, because it's fascinating to think here we are, and this is happening in our lifetimes. Okay. A lot of the people that say America is not in the Bible, they can't quote you scripture to, to, to say why she's not. We give you 53 biblical descriptions from Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, and John the Revelator. And I, I would like to say this, Roger, uh, the four biggest prophets in the Old Testament all prophesied about Latter-day Babylon. Isaiah was cut asunder. Jeremiah was stoned to death. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. And um, John the Revelator was bo boiled in oil. Now, we're not giving a word from what we think. We're taking their word and applying it today. So I think one of the greatest deceptions today in the body of Christ is that America is not in the Bible. That is a bold-faced satanic lie, because we're quoting the Old Testament prophets and religious people who, who say there is no America in the Bible are a little bit like the scribes and Pharisees who Jesus said, your traditions have nullified the word of God. There was the author right in front of them fulfilling prophecy, and they couldn't see it because they weren't reading the proper prophecies that Jesus was fulfilling. Now, with regards to Babylon in the Bible, uh, I'll give you some, some just some uh, quick out of the 53. She's the richest nation in the world. She's uh, She has ports. She's a port city. She's represented by a woman. Mm. Her iconic symbol is a mm. woman. Statue of Liberty. She yeah. sits on the seven mountains of the earth. And that word sit means that she controls. With her wealth and her power, she builds a military and she holds the Antichrist down until it's time for him to be revealed. Mm. The, the, the thing that's the most exciting thing about uh, the timing of the rapture, no one has ever taught this before. The rapture begins the marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, Roger, let me explain that just a little farther. This is some scripture that no one, to my knowledge, has ever explained. In Revelation 19, 1 through 7, it explains that there's a voice of people up in heaven. And they're rejoicing because it says God has judged Babylon the Great and burned her with fire. Hmm. And in heaven, people are rejoicing, and it says they're rejoicing because the marriage of the lamb has come and the 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 lamb has the wife has made herself ready mm. the marriage supper of the lamb cannot begin until babylon is judged that's the beginning of the tribulation period because the marriage supper of the lamb is the people that get raptured up and for 7 years they celebrate the marriage supper of the lamb and God doesn't accelerate that time period because he says we have to wait for the other saints who are going to give up their lives in the tribulation During period. The mm -hmm. And so no one, to my knowledge, but that's a time sequence in Scripture that has never, ever, ever, to my knowledge, been explained. Babylon must be deposed before the eighth providential nation, the New World Order, comes into power. So somebody listening to me right now, you would say, well, what are we supposed to do? Right. Well, it's time to get ready. It's time to come back to God 
It's time to get your relationship with him right. It's time to to mend uh, severage marriages. It's time to go to people perhaps that you've faulted. It's time to confess your sins before God, walk clean before him, have a relationship with God like you've never had before, and get close and ask God, what am I supposed to do with my life, Lord? And then start doing it. If it's even driving the church bus or it's witnessing, or maybe mm-hmm. there's a feeding program in your in your city and you've never given to that before, use everything you can in your life to worship God. And don't forget that he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Enjoy yes. your children if you have them. Mm. Go to a ball game, enjoy your family, but do everything as unto the Lord and you have made yourself ready. Interesting. And it, it's fascinating to think of how our lives can become so random. I was talking with a friend of mine years ago. We were at the gym, just kind of on the treadmill, going back and forth. And he had recently rededicated his life to the Lord. And I asked him, Tom, what's the biggest challenge? And he said, the biggest challenge of Christianity is that it's so daily. You know, that it just yes. it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. And we both had a good chuckle about that. But Rick Pearson, what you're telling us is as we prepare for this tribulation period that we're going to be raptured from that we find ourselves now looking around saying, okay, it's not a someday, it's not a 30 years from now, it's not a 50 years from now. Basically, the clock started ticking November 3rd, 2020, and it wasn't because of, you know, that we should, I wonder how many, Rick, I want to get your take on this. How many Christians right now are out trying to boycott stores or try to maintain election integrity, things of that nature, uh, fight COVID battles and whatnot? And I understand the the desire to want to do things like that and to make things right. But in the grand scheme of things, with what you're talking about in your brand new book, where do where do those activities fall? Does that fall into the we're making things ready? Or I mean, yes, you know, okay, yes, it does. I'll, I'll tell you why. In Jeremiah 51, it says. I have filled Babylon with pe- with my people as of caterpillars. And it says they are to raise up a shout against the darkness. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to raise up a shout against the corruptness. They're supposed to warn people. They're supposed to say, I'm getting ready for something because you people are going down the wrong track. Mm-hmm. And even in politics and in, um, in every arena of life, you're supposed to be a light and a shining beacon. As the world gets darker, the light gets brighter. Yes. So we're not supposed to have a case sarah, sarah, we're going to all be raptured. You're supposed to be voicing the word. And, and one of the best ways that I have found to voice the word is to think about things in your life that maybe you've done wrong and go and confess them to others. And don't try to convert them. Go to them and say, you know, I I want to apologize to you for several years ago. I did something and I think it's wrong. And I I want to get straight because I really believe that we're in the Bible and judgment's coming. And that person will say, what are you talking about? And you have a chance to witness to them, not based on their sin, but on your sin that Mm. you sinned against them. Mm -hmm. And instead of standing in the way, Now you take that sin and use it to stand in the gap to bridge to them and bring them in and tell them why you are getting your house in order. This is why I'm getting my house in order. I think this thing is coming. And, you know, I had a lot of um, 
uh, customers when I was in the secular world and in business, and my customers were not Christianese as we know it, but those people today now are calling me and they're saying, wow, Rick, what's going on? You've yeah. talked about this kind of stuff. And now it's very, very easy to witness as long as I study to show myself approved and I get I get the right scripture. I have people calling me and and asking me, what do you think's coming? Do you believe what what's this with the gay thing? Well, all mm -hmm. you have to do when you look at the LGD, LGBT is look at Genesis 19. And this is what happens when a society goes this way. Right. An angel was sent. And Lot didn't judge them. He warned them. You guys are going to provoke judgment on the nation. And they they almost killed him for saying right. that. But he, right. his heart wasn't against them. So, so Lot is a perfect example of what we're supposed to be. If judgment's really coming, we should be warning people. Well, that's a powerful uh, exhortation from Richard Pearson today here on The Bottom Line. The brand new book is called The Coming Exodus, Unveiling America's Future. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. <clears throat> Rick, we've got about 60 seconds left in our time together here. To give us give us your, uh, your, your best and final encouragement. I mean, you've been warning us about what's going to happen. It's not an, uh, an either or, it's a both and of many different uh, calls to action here. But at the end of the day, we see the reconciliation. I mean, we see God's restoration that was put into motion with Jesus on the cross now coming to fruition and coming to fulfillment too. What encourages you the most about what you're seeing in the culture right now? I think the thing that encourages me the most is people who are not religious can see that something incredibly dark is happening. Mm -hmm. And we can use that darkness to spread the light of the gospel. Amen. And, um, and and whoever you have, whatever friends you have, whatever people you hang out with, that is your mission field. You have friends that I'll never meet, and I have friends that you'll never meet. Agreed. So you might be you might be the only Jesus that they will ever see. So my encouragement is study to show yourself approved unto God, and then do everything you can to shine the light in the darkness. And give your friends, if you can, give your friends an encouraging word that there's hope at the end of this. And his name is Jesus. I'm always blown away with the conversations and the depth of the discussion with Richard Pearson of Prophecy USA. Uh, the new book, The Coming Exodus, Unveiling America's Future, is up at thebottomlineshow.com. I also encourage you to get a copy of Rick's book, The Hour That Changes Everything, America's Role in Bible Prophecy. We'll link both of those books up as well at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, Richard Pearson, it's been great to spend some time with you today and kind of share your studio with our listeners and our viewers as it is. Thank you for being uh, a, a clarion voice of exhortation in a confused and muddled world. And thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank you for having me, Roger. It's been a pleasure. Amazing dialogue, as always, with Richard Pearson, the president of Prophecy USA. You can find their link up at thebottomlineshow.com. His brand new book, talking about the coming exodus, it's a kind of a metaphor, if you will, for the rapture. But man, uh, you want to talk about unveiling America's future, Richard, there are 53 different biblical prophecies in scripture that Richard per says pertain to the U.S. Uh, he talks about the, 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 uh, the hour that changes everything in the previous book that we talked about. Now, the coming exodus is a dramatic 54th description 
outlined in prophecy and it's got America's name all over it. You want to read this book. I highly recommend it. And we've got three copies that we're giving away today. 800-227-5278-800-227-5278-800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, Richard Pearson from Prophecy USA. The book is called The Coming Exodus, Unveiling America's Future. 800-227-5278-800-227-5278-800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Hey, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about a couple of things that are, I think, very interesting with regard to what's happening in the culture right now and why it seems as though so many people uh, who claim to not believe in uh, the fairy tale of organized religion see the world around them and they kind of want to just disappear or pretend things aren't the way they should be. Uh, One involving a former Olympic athlete. We're going to get into his story coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. My thanks again, as always, to Richard Pearson, the president and the host of Prophecy USA, outstanding video and television series uh, that uh, produces great written resources as well. His latest book is called The Coming Exodus, Unveiling America's Future, basically what what does America uh, look like in rapture after, you know, post well, pre-trib America? 800-227-5278 is the number to call to get you through to the bottom line. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We've got three copies of this book to give away, and I want you to have one. Of course, it's Everyone Wednesday, so everybody who calls into the bottom line show is going to win something. Um, so may as well be this book. But if not, we've got great devotionals from Dr. David Jeremiah, uh, things from Dr. Jeremy McGarity at uh, Skyline Church, and more, 800-227-5278. You know, it, it's, it's interesting because with all the pride and LGBTQ stories that are happening in the world right now, you have to wonder, what do people really value in life? Uh, because it seems for some people, there's the you know value of honest work a good day's wage and you know living simply so others can simply live um there are people in the body of christ who have taken to the teachings of guys like uh, howard dayton ron blue uh the late larry burkett uh, dave ramsey of course and try to get their act together financially uh what is it dave dave ramsey's tagline was live like no one else so you can live like no one else which i I, you know what i'll be honest with you that sounds like love is love to me (laughs) it just it doesn't make any sense what he's saying is you follow his seven baby steps to get your financial house in order. And then once you do, 
then you've got all your debts paid, your kid's college fund is funded, your retirement's ready to go, and now you can spread the wealth or you know travel, do missionary work. I mean, you can live like other people aren't living. Um, I, I, I understand. I really do understand the, the concept of that. Um, for my money, I would much rather see us look at something like the Dennis Wilson model, which is you contact Dennis at 800-696-9970 and sit down and say, okay, here's what I got. Here's where I am. I'm 58. I'm 64. I'm 72. Whatever your age is. And this is what my portfolio looks like. And for some people, it's really big, you know, a couple hundred thousand, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. For others, it's not that great. And you're trying to figure out, you know, how to be a good steward, knowing that you're pension is relatively average and you got some social security and that's about it and people have to make decisions then on what they're going to keep and what they're not going to keep i am always amazed and i mean this sincerely i've helped a lot of people move i've done a lot of estate type moves when i was working for the church when you find people who are in a situation where they say okay um i've really got to scale back or you know, I, I'm really scraping to get by here. And then you realize they've got a ton of stuff hanging around and they've got, you know, money in the bank, but they just don't, they've got the mindset that says I never have anything. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. And I would be curious to see how many of our listeners would do what this next guy is going to do. Um, if you were in a situation where you felt like you're in good enough shape financially to handle uh, whatever it is that that's coming your way. I'll be honest with you. I mean, when I see, whenever I see a uh, uh, a person who was famous at one point, and maybe they won an Academy Award, or maybe they won a got a gold record or Grammy Award or something like that, or uh, an Olympic medal or something, um, I always wonder. Uh, well, sometimes they'll they'll raffle off their stuff. You know, I've had enough of all this and whatever, and I'm just going to. Uh, uh, I was going to get rid of my stuff. I'm going to donate the proceeds. Um, I always wonder what the the issue is. I've heard of professional athletes who have to auction off some of their stuff because, quite frankly, they fell on hard times and they can't make it, you know. And that's that's unfortunate. I read a story recently, I wanted to share with you, about a guy who was an Olympic athlete. Uh, he was a diver, one of the just stellar divers of... Uh, uh, of the Olympics during his era. His name is Greg Luganus. And this is a guy who used to start, I mean, he started his diving career right here in the Southland, right here in the Saddleback Valley in Mission Viejo. Uh, he was in town not too long ago, just kind of taking a look at uh, what's going on. Doesn't live around here anymore. But this is a guy who is considered to be the greatest, uh, at least springboard diver of all time. And um, he also did the... Uh, uh, the the platform stuff and whatever else now when you're an olympic athlete you do your olympic athlete thing and then you go into being a commentator or you you know do the lecture circuit maybe write a book this that and the other thing i didn't know what ever happened to greg Luganus. i mean i knew that one of the reasons why he was a big deal was um that he was just a spectacular athlete and won, he won, let's see, he won a silver medal in the 1976 games for the platform dive. He won a medal, a gold medal in 1984 for the springboard event. And he um, got the gold medal uh, in the platform in 1988. Now also was a big issue for Greg Luganis is the fact that he um, was openly gay. One of the first 
athletes to come out, as they say. And it was during the preliminaries in 1988 where he was on a springboard and he went up and then he uh, uh, wound up catching the back of his head on the springboard. And it uh, gave him a concussion, stitches. And at the time, I think people suspected that he was gay, but in 1988, you didn't talk about it. Well, not only, only was he gay, but he had HIV. And so now it's like, oh my goodness, this is, you know, you've got that blood everywhere and it's contaminated and what are you going to do? Well, it's interesting because he um, uh, continued to work as a fundraiser, work as a spokesperson, and uh, also under, uh, understands the value of what he has to, to share. And so he is putting up his medals for auction that'll be auctioned off later this year. Um, he, he said basically after he took the silver in his first Olympic appearance, he said his goal for the 84 games, remember the U.S. didn't go in 1980 to Russia. He said, I wanted to win two golds, 10 meter platform, whatever. In 1988, he was 28. He was facing a diver who was like 15. And in his last dive, he said, I just had to give everything I had and I was able to, uh, you know, pull it out and make it happen. But then once he, you know, came clean with his sexuality and the fact that he had HIV, um, he began to work in philanthropic work. Uh, you remember the boy Ryan White, a 13-year-old kid, got a blood transfusion, uh, wound up getting national attention because of his uh, struggle, because he was a white kid who was straight, who got AIDS, and all of a sudden, uh, it, was, it was terrible. Um, so Leganis actually gave his 1988 gold medal for the men's springboard to Ryan White's mom. Ryan lost his battle whatever said so I just want you to have it because um, you know Ryan White was my inspiration for getting through everything you know I knew I had HIV uh, Ryan was so brave that type of thing so now um, the uh, he's been doing work for the Ryan White Foundation he gave his gold medal for the 1984 platform dive to his coach Ron O'Brien and now he's auctioning off the rest of his medals and is hoping to raise enough money to name the Welcome Center for the uh, the newest, it's a nonprofit that's expanding into a new 56,000 square foot facility. The large, it's called the Damien Center. It's the oldest and largest HIV AIDS care facility in Indianapolis. Ryan White was from Indiana. And so basically the, the, the full catalog of medals will be on display sometime in August. But wait till you hear what the dollar amounts these medals are gonna go for. And then we can ask the other question, which is, how do we feel about a treatment for this type of illness? And why 40 years later, are we no closer to finding a cure for this virus and this condition? What does that mean for us in post-COVID pandemic mode here in the US? I wanna take a look at those on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. You've been in an accident, and the worst thing you can do is to wait to contact Stephanie at Cover Law. Stephanie frequently talks to people who waited too long to seek help with their cases or tried to handle them on their own, and by then, it's too late. Family and friends mean well, but they can give truly bad advice. Often, even trusted advisors will try and convince you to wait for more compensation. Stephanie knows the insurance companies want you to wait. They don't want you to file police reports, and they don't want you to reach out to Stephanie at Cover Law. That's because Stephanie is keenly aware of the tactics they use and why. She spent 20 years litigating for insurance companies and knows the strategy they will use to minimize their liability and your awarded amount. Insurance companies are for profit. 
They don't share Stephanie's Christian values, and typically they won't be fair to you. Don't deny yourself the ability to get better. Go with a proven expert in the field of personal injury and contact Cover Law at kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R today. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh talking about prophecy with Richard Pearson from Prophecy USA. His new book is called The Coming Exodus, Unveiling America's Future. And we've got three copies that we're giving away today at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Greg Luganis, Olympic medalist uh, for many, many years, the best diver in the 70s and 80s. Uh, openly gay, uh, announced he was HIV positive back in 1988 and has been a catalyst for fundraising for years and years and years. Um, He is now donating most of his remaining Olympic medals and they're going to be auctioned off in September for charity. They're trying to raise money for the Ryan White Foundation and the Damien Center, which is a 56,000 square foot facility in Indianapolis. his uh, last gold medal is supposed to get anywhere from 800,000 to 1.2 million. His first gold medal between six and 900,000 and his silver medal between two and 300,000. You know, it's, it's really, uh, it's very encouraging to see, especially a local guy, you know, doing some good work for this organization. But there are a couple of questions. I want to do a little analysis, balance and clarity in the last half hour of the program. A couple of questions that we as Christians uh, need to confront. Number one uh, is obviously, what do you make of something like this where the disease has been so widespread because of some things that God says are sinful and deviant and abomination to him? And secondly, asking the question, what is it with healthcare in America that doesn't seem to want to try to find cures, but rather just treatments to manage the disease? We'll take a look at that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Uh, You'll be uh, hearing from Rabbi Schneider in just a few moments. Uh, More of the bottom line for those who remain on the network coming up next as the bottom line continues. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and it's good to have you along for the ride. We kind of started a topic last half hour, and uh, I want to keep going with it because um, it, it seems as though in the culture right now when it comes to medicine, we find ourselves doing one of two things, either kind of ignoring big problems or creating them, <laughs> making them worse. You know, I think about the work of preborn a lot. Obviously, we talk about it a lot here on the program. And I think preborn is a classic example of what we're talking about here as it pertains to Greg Luganis and HIV. Now, obviously, we're not saying the preborn is in that business. They're not. But Greg Luganis, <clears throat> very famous diver from uh, Mission Viejo area, doesn't live here now, but um, openly gay man, lives with HIV. He's an LGBTQ plus activist um, and, and still somehow, you know, 30 plus years later, um, even though he's got gray hair, I mean, he probably couldn't compete in the Olympics, but he has just, you know, I mean, physically you look at the guy and say, wait, I remember when we were all younger and AIDS was a deal when it first came out and the people who were dying from, you know, HIV were just, man, I mean, they, it was just ravaging their body and decimating them. Well, now apparently there are treatments. Uh, there are these cocktails that you can take and guys like Magic Johnson and Greg Luganis are taking them and they're living with this. Another guy, uh, Chuck Panazzo, who was the bass player for the rock group Styx, was diagnosed with AIDS a long time ago. And I saw a video clip of him the other day. He's still performing with the band. 
You know, so it's not necessarily the death sentence per se, but as Mr. Leganos gets ready to auction off his Olympic medals in hopes of donating the funds to the uh, Damien Center, which is a uh, uh, HIV-AIDS treatment center in uh, Indianapolis, uh, it's a good cause for him to do, and, uh, you know, more power to him for doing it. It kind of made me start thinking about, you know, COVID and how the virus kind of crept into the culture. Was it leaked? Where did HIV come from? You know, you have to ask questions, I think, uh, to, to take a look at some of the illnesses that are around. And then, I mean, when you get right down to it, I mean, any venereal or sexually transmitted disease that happens in the culture did not come from, it wasn't like two sinful people got together, got busy and did whatever. I mean, people have had unnatural sexual relations for quite some time. And it's interesting that there's the spread of them uh, that has happened. So what is a Christian to do? What, what would, should we as believers how should we respond to this news? I think first and foremost, the fact that a former Olympic athlete who has a passion for this cause and has actually afflicted with this condition wants to auction off his medals, he'll donate the proceeds to uh, this center and you know, it's his medal or these are his medals. It's his battle, let him, let him have it and good for you for wanting to help people, number one. Number two, um, not even how to, you know, people focus so much on the spread of HIV when it first came out, full-blown AIDS, acquired immune deficiency syndrome, it, it kind of got me thinking, well, what about with like we've seen with COVID? How would we handle the AIDS crisis today if, if HIV had shown up in 2021 instead of 1981? How would we handle it? Well, a lot different 40 years later, don't you think? I mean, we were told, hey, this is a disease that gay people get and gay people spread and you don't want to get it, so get away from gay people. I mean, I don't want to oversimplify it, but that's kind of where that whole conversation went. It escalated very quickly, you might say. I think of a friend and colleague who I've known for 35 years, Bruce Sonnenberg. And Bruce actually wound up seeing God tr change the trajectory of his ministry. Bruce was a pastor at a church called the Village Church of Irvine. Bruce had a local radio program on KYMS Radio, which is a station I worked at. Uh, Bruce's program... Uh, changes, I think they called it, um, ran from 7 to 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. He would preach his sermon for that week, and he'd punctuate the sermon points with contemporary Christian songs. And so I, I loved it for a while. I was a weekend guy at KYMS, and I would come in on uh, Saturday and Sunday morning. So I did 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Saturday morning and 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sunday. And from 7 to 10, all I did was run these hour-long worship services, Village Church at 7, the local archdiocese at eight, and then a Lutheran church at nine. And uh, they were way forward thinking because the, the Catholic church and the Lutheran church, there was live ISDN connections, which weren't cheap. And uh, so, you know, I got to DJ for two hours, but then I got paid to go to church basically. And it was kind of fun. But I remember in the late 1980s, guys like Joe Dallas of, of Genesis Biblical Counseling, who jo Joe had lived a pretty promiscuous lifestyle. And he wound up, uh, you know, not contracting HIV, but he wound up leaving the lifestyle and then trying to find a church to connect with. And that's where the wheels kind of came off the cart for him. Because the churches were like, yes, leave the lifestyle, leave the lifestyle, but don't come to our church. And Bruce had the distinction of being a church in Irvine where a lot of people had gone to one of the major churches in town. I won't mention the church by name because quite frankly, I can't confirm that it's the one I'm thinking of. But 
There are so many mega. Think of whatever the biggest church, big or biggest top five biggest churches in Orange County were in 1989, and that's what we're talking about. One of those. And so a group of guys who were diagnosed as HIV positive showed up at Bruce's church and, and asked if they could worship there, and he said sure. And they had to go through the awkward part of, you know, do you get to sit in the worship service or do you have to be in a different room? And can you have a Bible study that involves everybody or just the, no one really knew. It took people a long time to figure out that HIV was not communicable in the sense that you couldn't, I mean, uh, case full disclosure, um, we've had HIV positive people come in and join me in the studio on the bottom line. Hugs, handshakes, sit in the studio for hours on end. I don't have HIV, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's okay. I'll have to dig up those pictures. Maybe Tamara can put them on. It's been a while, but uh, we've done it. Because Bruce wound up starting a ministry for people with this kind of communicable disease, or not communicable, uh, called He Intends Victory, HIV. And it became such a huge thing. He would travel to Africa, travel internationally, speak internationally. Bruce kind of guest pastor still. He's in his 70s, and he's got uh, just a wonderful, beautiful spirit. But God brought these men to his church to change the course of uh, his ministry. It doesn't matter what illness comes your way. It doesn't matter what sin you are dealing with right now. God's intent for you. God, Scripture tells us God desires all people everywhere to be saved. So HIV doesn't necessarily refer to a virus that can get into your system, knock out your immune system, and make you susceptible to death if you get the cold or the flu or pneumonia or something like this because you have no immune system to defend it. But rather to say, no, God intends victory. He intends victory, HIV. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting, though, a guy like Greg Luganus, here he is 40 plus, 45 years after his Olympic, first initial Olympic success, and they're still trying to, quote, unquote, find a cure. They're still raising money for this cause. Still wearing the ribbons and doing the fundraising and, you know, getting the rainbow flags out and doing that type of stuff. And I just, I have to ask the question, why do we as people look at something like this and just accept that it's here and all we can do is try to treat it? You ever wondered why there aren't people fighting harder for cures for this type of stuff? I mean, remember the quote-unquote cure we were told about with COVID was an experimental vaccine that actually wound up having a pretty much net neutral effect on the culture. Now that we're looking back on what happened with COVID, the idea was net neutral. I mean, the idea was once the vaccine's here, we all get the vaccine and we're all safe. And at the end of the day, it was like, well, everybody who got the vaccine, either you were safe or you weren't. And people who went to the hospital and had been vaccinated were just as likely to face the risk of death from people who weren't. It had a lot more to do with comorbidities and not so much whether or not you got the jab. And now all that fewer has kind of died down, though I understand the White House tried to bring a mask mandate for all unvaccinated athletes who visited the White House this month. And I said, oh, guys, it's over. Give it a break. But why is it in our culture that we spend so much time trying to treat the symptoms of rather than eliminate once and for all. You know, for all we know, HIV was invented in a laboratory too. And it was dropped into certain areas where people were prone to easily transmitting it. And look at where we are 40 years later. There's probably a cure for HIV somewhere, but is it ever going to see the light of day? You have to wonder. But here's the good news about the gospel. I'm going, where are you going with this, Roger? I'll tell you. The good news of the gospel is this. 
our situation is not a virus like HIV or COVID. Our situation is sin. And there is a cure for the sin. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. There is truth that points us to that. As a matter of fact, God is a God who demands that we worship him in spirit and truth. And at the start of the program, as I was talking about the seminary and uh, Southwestern Seminary that just had that horrible experience with leadership that lost over $140 million on stupid stuff over the past 20 years, instead of putting that money to good use, building churches internationally and raising up pastors and supporting street ministries and things of that nature. They blew it all on Christmas decorations and home improvements and just, I mean, stupid stuff. But why is it that here in the church, we aren't preaching the good news message that you don't have to still live with COVID or HIV or cancer or whatever it is. Not that God's going to make you well and heal you in this life, but rather if you're willing to look at the truth of that situation, God will meet you in spirit and truth. Give an example of that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But the first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, you know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else. Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. Welcome back to this special edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh doing an analysis, balance, and clarity segment with regard to the truth that sets us free and medical conditions. It was mentioning the Greg Laganis, a world-class Olympic diver who got his start right here in Mission Viejo, announced recently on a trip through Mission Viejo that he's going to be auctioning off the remaining Olympic medals that he has in hopes of raising money for an HIV-AIDS treatment center in Indianapolis that's tied into Ryan White. You remember the 13-year-old boy who uh, got AIDS through a blood transfusion back when people still did get AIDS through blood transfusions. And Ryan lost his his life as a result of this. Elton John became his friend, and Greg Luganis got real close to the family. As a matter of fact, Ryan's mother uh, was gifted Greg's first gold medal, just as a show of support because he said, you know, Ryan meant so much to me when I was going through all this. They got me thinking about things like HIV and COVID and stuff like that and why it is that we don't seem to find cures, but we find treatments galore coming out of this. And it got me thinking about our friends at Preborn. And how, for the first, you know, we are coming up this week, as a matter of fact, this Saturday marks the first anniversary of the overturning of Roe versus Wade because of the Supreme Court decision passing Dobbs versus Jackson and allowing the state of Mississippi to establish a, a ban on abortion at 15 weeks. 
And of course, many states have kicked that up to 12 or to six. And it's nice to see, I mean, it's unfortunate to see the battle lines drawn. About half of America has laws enshrining abortion into their world. And the other half of America has laws that are saying, be free, <laughs> young child, be free. But why is it? I mean, the, way, the reason that the abortion lobby has been able to be so successful, in all honesty, is because of lies. I mean, I know you know that, but the depth to which they are willing to go to lie, I, I'm amazed at how far this goes. Take our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom, who are handling the case against the FDA for the legalization here in the U.S. of and the emergency production of, uh, it used to be called RU486, it's the abortion pill that was manufactured in France. And this is the taking of the pill, the so-called now medical abortion, is the quote-unquote abortion care that is preferred in the industry. I believe 52% of all abortions right now are handled through the pill, and that number only continues to climb. The pill really got a boost from COVID because there were so many shutdowns and so many clinics that had to close that there were emergency pills being you know, basically passed out online. Now, a lot of abortion clinics got to stay open during the pandemic because, of course, uh, the federal government has decided that abortion is, quote unquote, necessary medical care for women. It's that way in the state of California and others. But when you find out why and how the abortion pill came into the U.S. existence and gained a foothold so quickly, this is where we have to pay attention and keep up with the signs of the times. Many people still think, okay, abortion means we shut down that clinic where they do surgical abortions. If there are no more abortionists, we don't have to worry about abortions. I know Abby Johnson of the Unplanned Movement started a ministry called and then there were none to help people who, like her, worked in the abortion industry and uh, they wanted to get out and they needed counseling and they needed job placement, they needed all sorts of things. But her thought was, if we don't have any more people working at the clinics, then we don't have to worry about abortion anymore. But since it's shifted to the pill, women think, oh, take a pill here, a couple of days later, take another pill and your pregnancy goes away. Not thinking, well, the baby has to go somewhere and not realizing that's a human being who's alive and growing in your womb. And the only way that child's coming out of here early is if you end that child's life. The emotional, the mental, the physical challenges that women go through are just horrific. And yet, no one really wants the truth on this. I mean, the number of chemical abortions or medical abortions is on the rise. Planned Parenthood did 382,000 abortions that they'll cop to last year and did 1,400 adoption referrals. So you know where their hearts are. And meanwhile, we're saying, look, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the preborn clinics come along and say, look, here's the thing. We're going to say one word that makes the abortion industry scatter. You know what it is? Ultrasound. <laughs> no, not an ultrasound. Oh, I'm melting. I mean, yeah. In other words, let's tell mom the truth about what's happening in her body. Mom knows she had a sexual encounter with a guy. That's the only way she's going to get pregnant. Mom knows that when she had that sexual encounter with a guy and it was quote unquote unprotected, there's a 50-50 chance she might get pregnant. Mom also knows that even if she did use some kind of supplemental material, a pill or a condom or whatever, there's still a chance that she might wind up pregnant for having a conjugal relationship. So mom has that relationship anyway. And she says, wow, I missed a cycle. Hmm. What do I do? Well, if she goes to an abortion clinic, they schedule an abortion for her. But if she goes to preborn, preborn says, 
let's schedule an ultrasound for you. And she goes in, pregnancy test verifies the pregnancy, get the ultrasound machine going. You can hear that heartbeat. Here's a picture of the child. Here's the heartbeat. Congratulations, Mrs. Johnson. You're 10 weeks along, as best we can tell. And do you have an OB, an obstetrician, gynecologist that you can uh, see about taking you through labor and delivery? Well, what if I don't want labor and delivery? Okay, well, here are your options. And they tell her, again, the truth about what she can do. She's going to be a mother. That little bambino is going to show up in nine months and push his or her way out, and everybody will be happy. Or People's Republic of California, People's Republic of Colorado, and other states, it's legal to say you could terminate the pregnancy, which means you have to kill the child to do that. That's legal. That's another option for mom. Third option is adoption, and this is where preborn comes in. They say, oh, your third option, did you know? 52% of women post-abortive said if they knew, these are Christian and non-believers alike, if they knew that adoption was an option, they would have chosen door number three. But no one ever told them. So preborn showing you a picture of the child, letting you listen to the baby's heartbeat, and then telling you that adoption is an option. 85% of the time, mom chooses life for the baby. And oh, by the way, several thousand women every year hear the gospel proclaimed at the preborn clinic and they come to faith in Christ as well. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. We are on a mission this month to get another ultrasound machine into a preborn clinic. Your gift will be matched dollar for dollar up to $7,500. That's where we, it's 15,000 for the machine. So there's a half match. There's still time to get your donation in. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com. There's a preborn banner there. Click on the banner and make your best donation. $28 funds one ultrasound session for a woman coming into a preborn clinic. So $56, that's two. Uh, 140 is five. 280 is 10. I like to think of $28. Every $28 invested by Bottom Line Show listeners actually provides an ultrasound and saves a life. If you want to save 10 lives, it's $280. If you want to save 100 lives, it's $2,800. And we have scores of bottom line listeners who've been doing just that all throughout the year. Let's finish the fiscal year. You know, we, this is the month of Father's Day. I mean, this is the month where we think about this, especially guys and girls. We've had a lot more men donating to preborn, and I think that's great. Think about making a monthly contribution. That's how Lisa and I do it. We donate $56 every month on a recurring ding. Uh, that means two more ultrasounds. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, it's, it, trust me. I mean, that's, that, that's a moderately priced meal out once a month that we forfeit. <laughs> Gladly, with great passion, to make sure that these kids uh, get the resourcing that they need. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229-BABY, or go to kbrightradio.com. Take a quick break, and when we come back, some final thoughts on why it is the culture is obsessed with treatment, but we in the church know that we can focus on cures instead. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. 
Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this. It's Everyone Wednesday, but it's also good news on a Wednesday. I'm Roger Marsh. Glad you tuned into the Bottom Line Show today, encouraging you to call Preborn and make a donation. It's completely tax deductible. It's the best investment you can make for the sanctity of human life right now in a culture that's gone mad, that thinks that gender is fluid, that thinks that same-sex quote-unquote attraction is somehow God-ordained. Um, I've said this before, and I say this with all love and respect to anyone in the LGBTQ community or if you there's someone in your family who is same-sex attracted. I believe that God is a loving God. We are created in his image. I believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not die, but would have everlasting life. See, everyone's going to have everlasting life either in heaven or in hell. God's offer of everlasting life is eternity with him in heaven. And trust me, the older I get, the more temporary this life seems. The more regret I have over the times that I've spent killing myself to try to do things in this life that really didn't have the same spiritual eternal significance that I thought they did. But time and experience helps you with that. But to those in the LGBTQ community, I mean, I, I commend Greg Luganis for selling his medals off at the auction and they're going to raise money to fight HIV and AIDS at the Damien Center in Indianapolis. And I think that's a very, very worthwhile cause. But I also would challenge us as a nation and us as Christians, us as Christians to be more compassionate to people with those desires that lead them into the, I mean, and they say, well, why are you saying that, Roger? The leading cause of HIV infection, the leading cause for it to spread is same-sex attraction and men having sex with men. It has been for years. It's not going to change. Intravenous drug usage is the second most common way. But the most common way that HIV spreads in this country is men having sex with men. And having lost a couple of friends to AIDS, guys who uh, were in the church and then out of the church and then back in the church and then out of the church, um, it's a it's a tender subject. But also understand too, when you're doing your analysis, balance, and clarity, kind of following up on our conversation with Paul Angona yesterday about paying attention, notice that the healthcare industry, so-called, really is more concerned about keeping people sick than making people well. It's more concerned with, because otherwise, why do we spend so much time treating symptoms, helping you manage your diabetes, manage your high blood pressure, I saw one doctor recently, I shared this the other day on the program. What if you, if you found out that eating half a grapefruit every morning for breakfast cuts your blood pressure in half or whatever it was, got it down to normal levels? Wouldn't you throw your blood pressure medication away and buy a bunch of grapefruit? Of course you would. But the industry doesn't care about that. The abortion industry wants women to engage in wild sexual activity, be prom promiscuous, use their quote-unquote contraception. But then when it doesn't work because they made it, you have to come and sacrifice more kids at the altar of Molech. We don't want that. 
at all. God hand makes every one of us in our mother's womb. Psalm 139 tells us that. He, hand, he, he weaves us together, fashions us uniquely. He said that the creation of Adam and Eve was good, and I don't think that he changed his mind when it comes to babies. So for us to say, we, we should get rid of that child. That child's an apparition. That child's a mistake. I'm not buying it. But here's the thing, and this is the good news that we can take with us. Lovingly, compassionately, even mercifully, we can share this message with the world. There is a cure for what ails you. There is healing available, whether it's cancer, whether it's heartbreak, whether it's uh, high blood pressure, whether it's a uh, mental illness, regardless of what you're facing, there is a cure for it. But the cure is the love of Christ and the blood of Jesus. It's not found in medicine. It's not found in nature, though it can be helped in nature. Um, the name of the game, first and foremost, is what's the question that Jesus asked when somebody shows up, they're born blind, they're lame, they got an issue of blood. What does he ask them? Do you want me to treat your symptoms? Last time I checked, every one of those encounters goes like this. What do you want? I want to be made well. Or Jesus saying, do you want to be healed? And then he forgives their sins and then heals their physical body. That healing is available to you, friend, if you're wrestling with an issue right now and you can't find the physical healing that you need. There's spiritual cleansing and physical healing as well, available in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Believe that he died to pay the penalty for your sin and watch that healing come your way when you ask for it. That is good news, and that's the bottom line.